Hello, welcome back to the Raise the Men Show. Again, I'm your host, Craig Carlisle. This is week three of a series the Lord has given. It begins at home. And this is going to be the conclusion of the interview I had with Pastor Warrendo Williams. So it's going to play at the end of that, but I'll have some closing thoughts to wrap up this particular segment. We've got some other guests coming. We know the Lord has given this series to be... I don't know how many weeks we're going to do it, but we're going to actually spend a little bit of time dealing and we're not going to rush through it. We're not going to run away from it. We're not going to shy into it. We're not going to try to beat a dead horse, but we need to dig in and and to do what the Lord has called us to do. So here's the conclusion of the interview I had, the time spent with Pastor Warrenda Williams. And again, like I said, I'll come back at the end and share some thoughts to close out the episode. I believe I was thinking that almost that Biden feels like he has it in the bag with Kamala on his ticket (laughs) and the backing of Barack Obama. Right. I feel like that's what I'm thinking he's feeling. Oh, yeah, yeah. And because of who's in office. Sure. Sure. But therefore, he can act out the way he's acting. Yeah. Because I just can't see. That just doesn't seem like that's, that was his character. If, that, if, if that's his character, we're in trouble still. We're, in trouble. still. we're still in trouble. And you're right. But we're in trouble anyway, because as, 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 a, as Americans, as citizens of the United States of America, because we don't know our policies. We don't know that when we go to cast our vote during this voting season, if we don't reading the ballots and, and some of the val- ballots or the, the mail-in ballots, they actually say that they're not counted because they're not read by a machine. So that's a problem with some of the, so make sure you're reading your ballots. So if you're voting by mail, make sure you read how it's going to be counted and processed. And mm-hmm. it doesn't matter who we fill in and who we check for president because that process was changed back in the Alexander Hamilton days. It's the electoral mm. college. Okay, so let me correct right, right, I don't know right. what's changed, but <clears throat> and I'm gonna, let's do a study on that as well. But electoral college is the one who sets president. So we can vote popularly for my dog. Right. But my dog ain't going to win. It's whoever we, whoever our congressmen and women are choosing as our next president. That's who's going to choose for us. So we have, to your point, to choose the lesser of evils when it comes to dealing with who do we put in the Senate? Mm-hmm. Who, do we put, who are we voting to our local and state officials? Right. And then what are we, you know, then, and, and, and like you said, you have to pray, Lord, who am I voting for? Right. What button am I going to push? Right. And we have to pray for our government because people say, oh, I'm not praying for that man. You have that to woman. pray for that man. You have to. And the That's Lord tells us in the we have to pray for our enemies. And I'm not saying these people are our enemies, but if they're mm-hmm. not, you know, for God, they're God's enemy. But he's over us. And we are to pray for him. And my prayer, when I pray for the president, I pray for his mind. Yeah. I have to pray for his mind and that he hears the voice of God. 
and that he hears his voice and a stranger he does not follow. Because as a nurse, as a healthcare professional, as somebody that's been in the nursing profession over 25 years, I can diagnose him. I've dealt with mental illness. I've had my own battles with mental illness. Sure, sure. I've recognized mental illness. And if nobody else does, something's wrong with with this world. But we know that something's wrong with that man. If he's not medicated, he needs to be. So you have to pray for his mind. For clarity. Because that's who's in charge of the button. Yeah. That's who's in charge. If we were to go to war right now, that's who's in charge. And I think nobody's messing with us right now because they know he's in charge. Yeah. 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 Okay. Nobody wants to go to battle with, with him. Somebody said that and I agree with them. Yeah. Yeah. Because they don't want to go to battle with a person who they can't, I don't want to say control, I'm not saying that you vote You don't for know what woman. he's going to do. You don't know what he's going to do. You don't know what he's capable of. Exactly. He's not going to he's not going to do what okay, you know, I'm I'm military, so um there are strategies of of war. Oh yeah. And he's he's not going to do Mm-mm. what you would normally do when it comes Mm-mm. to the he's not going to um what is it? He's not going to follow the rules of engagement. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay. Oh no. No, what's the stuff with the, with the, uh, those Robert Rules of Order? Oh, no. You're not doing that. And those Queen's no, Rules? Oh, no. No, he's not doing that. It's going to be Trump style. And that's what they're going to call it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, and it's going to be wild. It well, is. I, I, I just, I think we have to continue to do what we're doing and have these forums and have these talks and let the Lord get the word out, so to speak, to whoever will listen to us. Because if we continue to be like sheep and blindly on social media, then we're not going to get anywhere because the sheep aren't listening to each other. And in fact, we almost turn into the wolves towards each other because we don't agree with who the other likes. And there really is no one to like. Because and we're mad at each other. We're mad at we're, each other. Why are we fighting each other? Yeah. And, we, and the truthful of this, and I'll leave with this and we'll end here. I, I, my prayer is that I have a bigger concern about if Trump does not win mm-hmm. in this election season than if he were to win and, and be president for another four years. And I'm not saying because I like him or I don't like him. But during his debate season, he did tell the Cowboys to just hold on. Not that, not that he would have said like a gentleman would have or like the commander-in-chief should have or as, as a rational thinking person that wasn't a child would have said, we're not going to have any civil unrest if I don't win. If I don't win, it's fair. If I do win, it's fair. But basically left it wide open to say, look, if I don't win, we go fight. We got any, all, like he said, all holes, no holes barred if I don't win. So I'm letting you all know just hold on. I'll give you further instructions. And so we don't have a clue what that gentleman would want to do or not do. Because like you mentioned, because I, I honestly don't believe he is in his right mind. I don't. 
And because he doesn't have the mind of Christ, that makes me to believe. That's what it, it is. He does it's not have the mind of Christ. Right. And I believe it is in every political venue, you pick it. If we don't have the mind of Christ, we're, cra- they're, we're crazy. So would you pray for us on the way out? Um, I just... <laughs> I just feel that this series has got to continue in this manner where the Lord is going to do something with each person I speak with. And it was just, if it was me by myself, that particular episode, the word is not, it's not a political platform. It's not just a place to talk. It's, it's going back to that temple that was created in the decree that God gave. If you do this, then this will happen. But if you don't, that will happen. And I don't, I, don't, I don't want people to be caught unaware because I know one of the words that was given recently was, I have to prepare the people for God's return. Mm-hmm. So if we don't do things like this and tell the truth, because the truth, I know one of the translations says the truth will set you free like it was a key and a lock. No, okay, I get it. But that means that the connotation there is I can still go back and be a slave in my mindset. But the translation really there is that the truth will make you free. It, it, you become a free person that you cannot be enslaved again because you know the truth. And it's, I just want people to know the truth about not a candidate or a, per, or a political party, but I want folks to know the truth about how they're living and what responsibilities that they own for not being truthful. Because that curse is going to last generations if they if we're allowed to live that long before Christ returns. But because you know the enemy, that's a different that's a different conversation. So I need you to come back at another point if you would, and we're going to talk about what the enemy is trying to do to delay God's return. Because I think a lot of folks have the wrong idea about what the devil's doing. Right? Mm-hmm. We think the devil wants to bring destruction and the end of the world and Armageddon and all this fighting. That's not to his advantage. He knows what happened when Armageddon hits. He knows, he knows when, when Christ returns oh, right. again. He knows it's just the end. It's the end. So why would he <laughs> want to bring the end? No, he knows. Right, right. He needs to keep people, he needs to keep the followers of Christ and the, Jews from, and the Jews from returning to Jerusalem. He tries to keep people from turning back to the name of God. Mm-hmm. Because that would be the end. Right. So he needs to keep us divided as a, not just a, a black people. And again, I never, I don't understand why we, we, we went from being African-American to black. And what was that? Eight minutes and a few seconds. We went from African-American to black. Anyway, I don't understand it either. Anyway, you know, so pray for us that we will let the Lord lead you in prayer. But I, I just think people need to hear that we, that we, the people, call upon our name of the Father God, not just some other political group's party, but we, the people, who are called by our Father, His name, would humble ourselves and pray and turn from our wicked ways and fulfill all the other terms of that contract. Yeah. So the Lord would truly heal, hear from heaven, 
Because yeah. he's, if he's not with us, and, and we know the Lord is with us because those of us who are, you know, followers of Christ, you know, ask Lord in our heart, I get, I get it. So he's, he's in here, the Holy Spirit here. But that word was God, physical Godhead, God, Jehovah, mm-hmm. the leader physically is not here. So pray for us and pray for the people, please. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Father, I thank you. I thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for all that you've done. All that you're going to do. Father, I ask you to bless this mighty man of God. Bless everything that he puts his hands to do. Direct and order his footsteps, giving wisdom, giving boldness and great faith. Wisdom, boldness, and great faith. Great faith, even greater faith. In the name of Jesus, pour out your peace upon him. In the name of Jesus, to do all that you have ordained him to do in the earth. Lord, I thank you that as this show grows, that you'll continue to bring in the right guests, the right speakers, the right topics, the right, I I just see everything, the right logistics, everything that he needs to orchestrate his show and get paid for doing his show. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord. I call it, I call that done. I thank you for financial increase in the name of Jesus. I thank you that you're supplying every need that he has according to your riches and glory. Father, I thank you that as this nation, although it has been divided, that we are no longer divided. I thank you that we are the people that are called by your name, God. And we we have humbled ourselves. And we hear from you. We are listening from heaven. We're trusting in the Holy Spirit to guide us and direct us in our voting. And we will be led by the Spirit in our voting, in our conversations. There'll be no more arguing. There'll be no more backlash. In the name of Jesus, I take authority over disputes and arguments. The devil is a lie. There'll be no more gossip and backbiting. I thank you that our nation is a nation of peace. Our nation is a nation to be reverenced and honored and looked upon with greatness because it is a nation that serves you, God, and puts you first and foremost. 
This is one nation under God. One nation under God. And that's who we serve, you, Lord, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And Lord, we ask you to deal with the people of God and help them to keep their eyes and focus on you. Lead them in their worship, God. I thank you that they will operate in discernment. They will not be pressured to go back into a building to worship, but they will be led by the Spirit to get into their word and have their study time with you at home. I thank you that while we're at home and as it begins at home, we're doing what we need to do as a family, as a people, taking care of our household, taking care of our children and our grandchildren and the land. We're doing what we need to do to be responsible and accountable. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, God, for loving us enough to send your son Jesus to die on that cross. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. It's been a long time. Preach, preach up. If you This is Mr. C, the host of The Framework, a Christian hip-hop music show. We're all getting back to live and looking for something new, clean, and something to bob your head to. Well, here it is. My four youngest sons and I, we're playing the best in Christian hip-hop music. Mainstream, indie, local artists, you name it. You don't have to be a super producer to get on the show. Follow The Framework on social media for air times and locations. This is Craig Carlisle, the host of The Raising Men Show, and I'm also an executive producer of the independent feature film, Restored Me. It's a powerful, feel-good dramedy that centers around a young man trying to restore his relationship with his young daughter and her mother after his wrongful incarceration. This film speaks to restoring your faith and pushes a bold message of positivity and motivation. The cast includes Gary Owen, Bill Duke, William Lee, Matt Gerald, Richard T. Jones, Malik Yovo, Yancey Arias, and Bo Casper Smart, just to name a few. Restored Me is available on over 100 digital markets, including iTunes, Amazon, and on demand from your local cable provider. Buy it, rent it, either way, I'm asking you to watch it. It'll bless your life. You're listening to The Raising Men Show with your host, my dad, Craig Carlisle, on WKBY 1080 AM. Well, we're back, and I wanted to spend some time finishing this episode and really continue, continuing to deal with it. the topic. It begins at home. And then, like I said before, I wanted to spend some time even going over what our Constitution says. And I, I've been doing the research, and I find it awfully odd that it was even difficult to find copies of what the Constitution actually says from a variety of sources, and that's that's a shame because in a lot of cases that means that we don't have access to it or it's not being provided access to it. Now, granted, yeah, I'm sure I could have gone to the public library and, and scoured through 
books, at least I would hope that we weren't having a Fahrenheit 451 issue where there's, you know, the books are being, you know, kept from us. And I'm not a conspiracy theorist at all. So please don't, let's not get that added in our mind. But we rely on the internet for so much information. And the question then becomes, what information out there is, is legitimate? What is fake news? What is not? And, and I laugh on them and, and just in thinking about it, so many bloggers and people, I guess you could say, even like myself who write and have shows, we're exercising our freedom of speech. We won't get into that. I'm going to go through some of the amendments of the Constitution. And for those who don't know, it was last, the Constitution was last revised in 1992. Now, that was not too many years ago, but are we paying attention to the fact that our Constitution that was written so many years ago is being revised even into the 20th century. <clears throat> Some may say that's good because it's changing with the times. It's a living document. We just, but we need to make sure we're paying attention to what those changes are. The preamble of the Constitution I love because it's, I believe it's the heart and the essence of what the Constitution was built for. But, you know, we can easily say that it's not being applied that way. And that's, that's the point of bringing it up. We have to pay attention to how is it being applied is it being applied for everyone or just a certain one? The preamble says, we the people, and it's interesting how the people, people is capitalized. Capitalization in documentation usually means order or personage or has a title to it. So we the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings, capital, of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, those come after us, our children, or lineage, do ordain and establish this constitution for the United States of America. It's interesting how, if that's what the preamble does state, how in so many cases it's not being upheld. We need to hold our politicians and our public servants to that standard to this constitution revised at least by 1992. They are public servants. They are not people that are dictators. They are public servants elected by the public for the public. First Amendment. Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of a religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press, or of the people to peaceably assemble and to petition the government to redress of grievances. Now, people can easily say that, well, you know, our churches are inviting, we're being, having our First Amendment rights violated. Well, no, the Congress isn't saying that we cannot have a religion or exercise our freedom of religion. And that's why some people get a little bit more disturbed for people following after um, Allah and different types of Buddhist or Muslim faiths. But our Constitution, this is the first amendment to our Constitution, that we, have the ex we can exercise our freedom of religion. You can't stop it. So why aren't our churches being allowed to worship? Now, so you have to be careful here and some of these things in a pandemic state or non-pandemic state, and people can easily argue all day long. 
you know, is this real? Is it not? Is it fake deals or not? I know people who've died from it, but they, but people can usually say, well, Craig, how do you know? You know, we're finding that there's medical documents that are of people being, you know, saying that they're dying from one thing or another. They may have died from a hangnail infection, but it's been marked off as COVID-19 because it allowed them some financial gain. I don't know about that part. I'm not, I don't have any facts around that. So all I can tell you is this is what the Constitution of these United States of America says, revised in 1992. Second Amendment, those who are gun-toting Americans, they love this one, that we cannot, that we, that we as the people have the right to bear arms, that the military has a right to be regulated and established by a free state or for the security of a free state. And so these aren't giving the militias a right to, to stand up and be formed. But this was in the, in the thought that the United States needs to provide the states with an opportunity to, to bear arms and protect themselves, and the people can there, thereby do the same. So that's why you have a lot of people who love guns and right to carry, and I'm not a person that doesn't, I don't talk about guns when we, because people easily say that guns kill people. Well, no, guns are the instrument by which a person may have been killed. But we, we, the people of this great nation, are the ones that are killing people. And so we need to be careful how we use our language. It's just so easy for, for when you take a definition of even of a scripture, when people like to use the verses out of context, using our constitution out of context, using our laws out of context, largely because people don't want to read. We're not taking the time to actually read and understand what was written and what was the context of how it was written. Scripture is so loved and so easily <clears throat> taken out of context is the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil but no it's it's the love of money not that money itself is not the root it's the love of it it's our passion it's what it's not the love there that we talk about loving of god it's that selfish love that one that's for our desire gain that version of the love is the root to all kinds of evil scanning through third amendment no soldier shall be you know, lived or assigned to live in a home. This is back in the day when, you know, we didn't really have a good handle on things. So, you know, military must take care of itself. And I'm not going to go through and read all of these. I just want to make sure that people understand that, you know, what we're doing here. So when things happen to you and your rights are violated, do you understand what your rights are? Fourth Amendment, uh, we have right to protect ourselves against search and seizure or unlawful search and seizures. And you can usually say, well, did they get, did they have a justification to get that warrant? Well, it doesn't matter. They got it. We, you know, we're praying the Lord allows them to do it the right way. But we already know in some cases it's not being applied the right way. Fifth Amendment deals with not being able to be uh, accused of a capital crime without being brought before a grand jury. So that's what the grand jury is there for. It's, it's, enabled, it's a place where you can go prior to capital punishment. Sixth Amendment, all, in all criminal prosecutions, the accused shall enjoy the right to a speedy and public trial by an impartial jury of the state and district wherein the crime shall have been committed. With the district shall be, shall have been previously ascertained by the law. So in this one, if you've committed a crime in multiple states, yeah, you, you are required to have a public trial, speedy public trial in the state where you committed your crime. And there's some states nowadays that are getting together and they'll, they'll agree that one trial in one state will take care of the whole thing. 
that's some things that we've that the, the law is allowed to do grand juries supreme courts things like that the law is allowed to come to allow that speedy trial because there's some some criminals who allow themselves to use the law some lawyers are probably less scrupulous than a criminal to to find those loopholes in the law Ethan Amendment talks about excessive bail and it's easy to say that some cultural groups have larger bills for smaller offenses than others, knowing that they're not going to be able to pay. Bills require some type of collateral to secure that bail, whether it's cash or homes. So it's easy to, to use that as an agreement or as a grounds against someone to allow them to stay inside of the jail instead of being free to their own recognizance or, or their own uh, freedoms and choices. Ninth Amendment just deals with uh, how the Constitution is used for certain rights, and nothing should be denied or dispersed or retained or, or denied or restricted from them. Again, I, I encourage you to read it for yourself. Look for yourself. The Tenth Amendment even talks about the powers that are not that not delegated to the United States by the Constitution, nor prohibited by a state, are reserved to the states respectively. So it lets people know, hey, there's something that's not specifically carved out and spelled out here in the Constitution. The states themselves will handle it. They will. They are able to make their own choices of the law before it needs to go back to the Congress and the Senate. So again, this are, these are things that are important to us. Are we taking the time to read? Are we taking the time to understand? Are we taking responsibility? Twelfth Amendment. Hmm. I'd encourage everyone to read the 12th Amendment. In fact, I'm going to probably publish this one in social media so you can understand and read the 12th. The electors shall meet in their respective states and vote by ballot for president and vice president, one of whom at least shall be an inhabitant of the same state with themselves. They shall name in their ballots the person voted for as president in the district ballots, the person voted as vice president. And they shall take distinct lists of all persons voted as president and of all persons voted as vice president. And the number of votes of each, which list they shall sign and certify and transmit sealed to the seat of the government of the United States, directed to the president of the Senate and the president of the Senate shall, in the presence of the Senate and the House of Representatives, open all of the, offici uh, all of the certificates and the votes shall be counted. The person having the greatest number of votes for president shall be the president. If such number be a majority, the majority number of electors are appointed. And if no person has such a majority, then from the persons having the highest numbers not exceeding three on the list of those voted as president, the House of Representatives shall choose immediately by ballot the president. But in choosing the president, the vote shall be taken by the states. The representation from each state having one vote. A quorum for this purpose shall consist of a member or members from two-thirds of the states. And a majority of the states shall be necessary to, to a choice. And if the House of Representatives shall not choose a president, wherein wherever the right of choice shall be devolved, unto them before the fourth day of March. And I, this is spelling out the electoral 
college. So if you're not understanding that your popular vote does not matter, read the 12th Amendment of the Constitution. The electors shall meet in their respective states and shall vote by ballot for the president and vice president of the United States. So everyone who loves Trump, everyone who loves Biden, everyone who loves Kamala or Pence or Obama or whomever you're loving, you can love them all you want. Your vote's not doing anything. It's the electors, the ones who are already pre-chosen, predetermined to choose the president and vice president. Read, people. Read. It's fundamental. We'll be right back. We're going to continue to talk about it right here on the Embracing Men Show. Hey, everyone. My name is Eric Tomlinson with the Tomlinson Group at Rancon Real Estate, where we design the sale of your home around you. With our nationwide network of agents, you and your family are at the center of every decision, conversation, and step of the journey to your next home. From hello to congratulations, selling your home with the Tomlinson Group at Rancon Real Estate is designed to both learn and surpass your expectations. Call me today at 951-970-6727 so we at the Tomlinson Group can begin surpassing your expectations today. We want to work for you. How do you avoid pitfalls that will disrupt your life? My office is very good with helping families protecting assets, building wealth, college flexible plans, tax-free retirement, and so much more. I am John Treese Wells with Royal Financial Group, licensed to help million dollar families, businesses, and everyone in between. You can contact me at 951-757-4202 or email me at jw.nofamilyleftbehind at gmail.com. I'm about your family. You're listening to The Raising Men Show with your host, my dad, Craig Carlisle on WKBY 1080 AM. That's right, we're back. Right here on the Raising Men Show and we've just spent some time in the last segment reading through amendments. And again, I'm not going to read through every single one of them because I'm, you're not, you're not going to blame me for something you, you didn't hear or I didn't read it completely that you don't understand the amendments of the Constitution of the, of the country that we're citizens of and live inside of. So I encourage you, if you want to read, if you want to take a responsibility for your own actions, responsibility for our role in this country, take responsibility for what we the people are responsible for. This is what we're supposed to do. We're not going to, we need to no longer allow someone else to tell us what we need to know, tell us what we're going to do, tell us what we're responsible for, tell us what happened and tell us who's to blame and then take, take no responsibility for the actions. We as parents, as adults, as citizens of the United States, we need to be the role models. We need to take it back. We need to start right back in our homes with who's the role model, who's the responsible party, who's the person that we want our children listening to, who are influencers in our children's lives. I don't think that there are many influencers out there right now that I want any part of my kids' lives in, in raising who they are. So in an effort to make sure that I understand who they're getting their influences influence from, who are they listening to? I mean, as a parent, I have to take ownership of that. I have to listen to it. That doesn't mean I take everything away from them and just say, hey, you're only going to listen to me and my voice. It then becomes the question of who am I listening to? Who am I getting my information from? Who am I getting fed by? But we need to know who our kids are listening to when they're in their iPods and they're, they're, in their, they're on all of these different music sites. I'm not going to need to name them because I'm not giving any 
credit to them. They're not, they're not sponsoring the show. And maybe after listening to this, maybe they won't. And that's fine. You know, but I, I'm, re- I'm relying on the Lord to, to give me the provision to, to be on air, to, to, to you exercise my freedom of speech, to speak what the Lord would have me to say. Because if we continue to allow our kids to listen to and watch YouTube and things like that, as their only source of goodness, to to watch someone else's ministry go by as their only source of action. If, if they're continuing to watch these shows and other content without us even taking a moment to watch an episode and understand what's being fed in, into our kids' minds, then we have given over our responsibility for their knowledge, for their well-being, and for their what comes out of them. To someone else. It means we've taken our hands off the wheel again, and that's not good. We need to be responsible. We need to take responsibility. We need to stand up. We need to take the time. When was the last time we looked at our kids' grades and looked at the online portion and find out what they're behind on or what they're ahead on and where they are? Or do we wait until the grades become a problem? And then all of a sudden, we want to get mad and yell and scream and jump up and down. Yeah, I'm guilty of it. It just happened just this past week, you know. All of our kids have been in, well, those of us who have kids in the school area, school age, school age number are probably still remote. There are some that are going back on modified schedules, but there are still a large part of our these kids in, in, in America that are home with versions and various parts of PTSD. And now they weren't shot at or part of a war, but we need to understand PTSD is something that deals with a reoccurring something of loss or negatively something impacted their life. And for kids, to, for some kids, not being able to go to school not regularly, not being able to see their friends regularly, not being able to be away from us as parents regularly is a negative impact upon their lives. One of my sons, in fact, his issue was, was the very thing. He didn't want to be home all the time. He wanted to be in school. He was mad and angry that he can't be in school, that he couldn't see his friends. And I asked him, well, what did you think you were going to do? Where did you think we were going to go? What, how are you thinking we we're going to get beyond some form of safety during this time of COVID-19 or, or this pandemic? He didn't have an answer. And I, and I get it. He, I don't expect him to be an adult with an adult's reasoning. Because even, so, even as adults, we don't even understand what we're supposed to be and how we're supposed to be in this particular time. So we can't leave it to a child to figure out his emotions or her emotions or figure out what we're supposed to do or not supposed to do because we as parents don't have a clue what we're supposed to do. But we have to be able to not just yell and scream at our kids and jump up and down and throw things. and you know, Those are in the capital punishment. do Or corporal punishment, excuse me. Do that and spank them. But we have to be able to work with them and figure out a solution to their problem, find out what the root of the of the issue is and go from there. Take ownership for our portions. I, as a parent, allowed my son to, to sit on the couch a lot with his, you know, Chromebook with or, with, the t- with, with or without the TV on and attend class. And I thought, well, okay, we'll let, it, we'll let it ride and see where his grades turn out. We'll go from there. I trusted the fact that, oh, well, he'll be fine. He's, he's my kid. You know, heaven forbid something happened to him. He'll be just fine, right? And as I found the fact that his grades weren't fine, 
Then I began to get embarrassed and feel angry. That how dare you have bad grades and how, how dare you do this and embarrass me and, and, and not get perfect grades and not be that perfect little child at your age. Don't you know? And But I had to take responsibility for all of that. Because as a parent, I should have been a lot more attentive to what he needed and what he was doing and watching his grades a lot closer. Making sure that they were turned in on time and right and made their necessary course corrections. I should have taken in more responsibility. But I didn't. So I failed him. I failed him. I didn't uphold my responsibility as being the principal and the guidance counselor in my home for what my child was doing. So do I blame my kid for getting bad grades? No, I have to blame myself. But but now what in, in the point of course correcting and in, in the point of doing better and helping him to grow and get to the root of his issue and find out where he's at, I had to talk, sit and talk with him. I had to work with him. I had to see what the issue was. I had to listen. I had to stop talking and yelling long enough to listen, to find out what was at the heart of my child's problem. What was in his heart? What, what was he missing? What was he lacking? What was he dealing with? What was he hurting with? What was he afraid of? So in spending that time, now I get it. I had him do a podcast and interview, which I'll air at some point shortly. He interviewed his two, uh, two of his other brothers who had had previous issues with grades. This is though their issues was were far, you know, far, far before a pandemic hit. This was years ago. And asked them how did they get to where they were? Why did they choose to have bad grades? Why did they? make the decision that they made and how did they choose to get out of it? How, how did they get from where they were to where they are now? And that was important because then I wanted my, that same child to be able to share his story to make sure that he understood and where he was and I understood where he was and then he was even asked questions by those same kids that he interviewed. They were asking him, what did, you know, why did you get here? Why did you make those choices? Especially after having seen what those two boys went through, to have then chosen to go through it for yourself really didn't make any sense. Because you've already seen, he'd already seen what the repercussions were to having made those decisions. But yet, he chose to do it on his own. He chose to make those decisions. He chose to do that and it is what it is. I, as a parent, should have also taken responsibility and seen it coming and just understood, oh, well, you know, this is coming. I've seen that behavior before. I'll go ahead and, you know, step in a little sooner. But I, I decided to say, okay, you know what? I, I'm tired. I know I don't want to deal with it anymore. I don't. I can see it coming, but I chose not to listen. I, I wanted just some more time and, and, and a break for myself. I didn't want to have to deal with it anymore because, Lord, I was tired. And I, I, I'm tired of having to deal with the fight all the time. Tired of having to worry about these kids all the time. Tired of having to do the laundry and for myself. They do their own laundry. I don't do it. I'm tired of having to chase them to do the laundry and the clothes and to wash their, their bodies and brush their teeth. Tired of having to do that. I shouldn't have to do that anymore. That's where I begin to lament and rant and rave and have my own pity party and deal with my own, you know, feeling and symptoms of PTSD because I'm tired of dealing with the loss of not having, of, of having to do this thing as a parent over and over, day in and day out, buying groceries, buying groceries, buying groceries, working at a job that's, that I don't like. I don't want to say it sucks because it's a job that's great for someone who loves that work, but for me, I don't love it. 
tired of not having to be able or not being able to sleep as long as I want. Tired of not being able to do what I wanted to do. Tired of having to be the warden, the principal, the guidance counselor, the, the, the lunch lady or man, whatever you want to call it. Tired of that. Tired of being the only driver in the house. Tired. So just like any one of our kids who are tired of not going to school and angry that they have to do homework and they don't want to do it and choose to not do it, I got an F on my homework as well. Yep, I got an F. But my, and my grades, you know, they really do stick because they stick in terms of what my kids do and how they respond to how I do on the tests that come. So, all the homework I didn't do, all the assignments I hadn't finished, I had to come back and look at them and get an understanding of what was the assignment given, what was the question that I didn't answer. What was the homework trying to tell me? What was the assignment? What was that chapter trying to get me to understand? So I had to take those moments and go back and put my frustration and my pride aside. Stop feeling some kind of way that, oh, you know, the guy on the radio and TV, his son's got bad grades. Huh. I had to put that aside. I had to stop worrying and feeling about how people would perceive me if I would actually say, oh, my kids have problems. Can't worry about that. Had to put all that pride aside and deal with me and find out why do I not want to deal with their bad grades? Why do I not want to help them? Why do I not want to get involved in their pain, in their frustration? Why do I feel bad because they're getting backwards? Why do I get angry because I'm doing this thing all by myself? Why do I feel like I don't want to go on anymore? Because I'm letting the enemy talk to me and make me think that at some point I'm going to have a perfect life. Job didn't have a perfect life, but we don't want to deal with that. We want to deal with the fact that Job lost everything and nobody wants to be Job. In fact, I don't even think that anybody has named their child Job. In fact, that's another search I should go do on the in social media and on the internet to find all the people in modern day that are living right now with the name of Job. And I'm not talking about Steve Jobs or the job we have. No, I'm talking about Job. The man that lost everything. We're tired of losing. I want to win sometimes, Lord. I want to be like some of these, these folks that are famous and these athletes and these influencers. I want to be, I want to win. Rappers talk about all we do is win, win, win no matter what. But middle class and lower cl middle class and lower class Americans, are we winning? Do we win if, our, if the president that we want gets in office? Do we win? Do we win if we get arrested and not beaten at a traffic stop? Do we, is that winning? Do we win if we get married to a person we don't love? Is that winning? Is that winning if we're taking drugs and being high and drinking and being intoxicated and drunk all day? Is that winning? Is it winning being overweight and not eating right? Is that winning? Because we can buy the food that makes us overweight? What does winning actually look like? Maybe that's something we need to talk about in another episode. But right now, we're talking about 
It begins at home. Right here on the Raising Men Show, and I'm your host, Craig Carlisle. We'll be right back with our final segment where we're going to continue to talk about this this topic of it begins at home. And what are we going to do about that? We'll be right back. It's been a long time. Preach, preach up. If you This is Mr. C, the host of The Framework, a Christian hip-hop music show. We're all getting back to life and looking for something new, clean, and something to bob your head to. Well, here it is. My four youngest sons and I, we're playing the best in Christian hip-hop music. Mainstream, indie, local artists, you name it. You don't have to be a super producer to get on the show. Follow The Framework on social media for airtimes and locations. This is Craig Carlisle, the host of The Raising Men Show, and I'm also an executive producer of the independent feature film, Restored Me. It's a powerful, feel-good dramedy that centers around a young man trying to restore his relationship with his young daughter and her mother after his wrongful incarceration. This film speaks to restoring your faith and pushes a bold message of positivity and motivation. The cast includes Gary Owen, Bill Duke, Will Young Lee, Matt Gerald, Richard T. Jones, Malik Yovo, Yancey Arias, and Bo Casper Smart, just to name a few. Restore It Me is available on over 100 digital markets, including iTunes, Amazon, and on demand from your local cable provider. Buy it, rent it, either way, I'm asking you to watch it. It'll bless your life. You're listening to The Raising Men Show with your host, my dad, Craig Carlisle, on WKBY 1080 AM. So we're going to talk about winning to close this segment out because I think that's where the Lord has taken us. So I did a little quick search on what does the Bible say about winning? And brought back a hundred scriptures, uh, different Bible. I'm not going to read all hundred, so please believe in that. I'm not even sure if I'm going to post all 100 of these on social media, but it may be worth it because it's a resource tool, right? Because we need to learn. We need to listen. We And, and maybe if some of us who don't know how to study and don't know how to do the research, maybe we'll, maybe this will help you. Maybe this is maybe this is a place where you can start. Starting off with Philippians four thirteen, I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. Him is God, Holy Spirit here in the Him. I think it's awesome because we we have those moments when we don't think we're winning. For some of us, getting up in the morning is winning. For some of us, feeding ourselves and our kids are winning. For some of us, showering for that day is, is winning. Because sometimes we just have been go fighting such a spirit of oppression and depression that we haven't showered and put on clean clothes and washed ourselves and brushed our teeth in some time. So if you can get that done once a day, maybe that's winning. So we, we can't use the, the world's version and grade system on what winning looks like. We have to look at what the Lord tells us is winning for us. And go from there. So it takes the pressure off. That performance spirit. I don't have to compare myself to anyone. I just have to follow God and be the best version of me that I can be for God that day. I want Father God, my dad God, to be so impressed with me because I followed him. Not from a performance like, Dad, I want you to do something for me. No, God, I just want you to know that I'm following. And he knows. I just want to follow. 1 John 5, verses 4 and 5, For everyone who is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that he that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except for the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Here is a careful one we have to be mindful of, because yes, we may believe that Jesus is the Son of God, but do we really believe in what God says about us? 
Because the devil believes God. The devil believes Jesus and believes that there is a Jesus and that there is a God. But he believes in the fact that God's going to do what he says to We and That's where I go back on several shows ago. I said the same thing where I want that kind of faith that the devil has because the devil actually believes that if he continues to do what he's doing, he's going to be able to beat God. I want that kind of kind of wild, outlandish faith where if I just believe God like the devil, he's going, he is headlong running into his plan. And not making any excuses. He's not he's not apologetic for it at all. And I want to live a life of Christ that's unapologetic also. So, Lord, I love you. I believe you. I believe what you have for me. I believe that you that you love me. I believe that you've got a plan for me that is so far beyond what I can ask, think, or imagine. Yeah, I want to believe like that. That's the belief. That's winning. First, First Corinthians fifteen fifty seven. But thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We don't think of this as being victory in all cases financially. In Corinthians, this may have been a victory in war. Luke eighteen twenty seven. But he said, "What is impossible with men is possible with God." That's winning. Casting our cares on him because he cares for us, that's winning. God can do everything and anything but fail, that's winning. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, these are people that are cheering us on, not the witnesses we may have in our in the world today that are waiting for us to fail, praying for us to fail, it's P-R-A-Y-I-N-G, and people who are preying on us, taking things from us, our energy, our time, and, our, and who we are, P-R-E-Y-I-N-G, on us. These great cloud of witnesses are rooting for us, cheering for us, in our corner, they have our back. Let us lay also lay aside every weight, that's W-E-I-G-H-T, things that hold us down, and sin which clings so closely to us. Sticks like doo-doo. And let us run with endurance. Endurance means that you can keep going even when it hurts, even when you get tired. You've, you've, you've beaten your body into submission to be able to run a long time. Lungs are just expanding. Your heart is racing fast to provide that blood. But we're not stopping. Run with endurance the race that is set before us, not the, not the race that someone else's race. I want to live their life, but this is our life. That race is what we're talking about. The life, the plan that the Lord has given us. Run that race set before us, looking to Jesus, not to the neighbors, not to the followers, not to those who click in the clickbait, and not to those who are telling things about us for or against, but this is looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. For the joy that is that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, people talking about him, and is seated at the right hand on the throne of the throne of God. Hmm. Matthew twenty and sixteen. So the last will be first and the first last. That scripture I love it too because it's so counter-cultural counter to today's topics and today's agenda, right? Because people want to be first. People want to have the most clicks. People want to have the most 
likes, the most followers. I just saw on social media that um, The Rock has the most likes in the history of social media. I think it's Instagram particularly. I don't remember how many millions of, or maybe he said a billion followers, but anyway, whatever it is, he's now listed as having the most followers. And I'm not saying anything dis, to dis, dis, you know, to anything of disrespect to the, to the Rock Johnson. But I want to make sure that we all understand what we're actually doing, who we're following as people, who is providing influence into our lives. The key is, who are we following? Who, who are we giving influence in our life, in our minds, in our family's life? As we lead our homes, we've got to be able to give influence over to God and let him lead us, let him teach us, let him show us where we're supposed to go. And then then we'll be able to lead our homes effectively and we'll be able to give influence to our kids and be influential to how they lead their life and where they're going. If we're not sure of how we're being fed and where we're leading ourselves to, then we our kids don't have a chance. We've got to stop giving ourselves and giving our kids away, giving our leadership away, giving our time away to the things that just don't matter. I'm not saying that you don't watch TV, you don't use social media, because I use it. But how much do we, what are we getting from it? Is it healthful? Is it healthy for us? Is it feeding us? Or is it causing us to starve? Okay, here's a case in point. If you eat nothing but popcorn every day, all day, would you live? Or would you starve to death? If I eat cotton every day, all day, would I starve to death or would I live? We need to feed our bodies and our spirits with things that are definitely beneficial to us. Yeah, I get it. Eating a healthy diet is, is, is where it starts, but it's a healthy diet of not just food. Man should not live by bread alone, by the, every word that comes out of the mouth of God. But we have to be able to do that and say that and set apart ourselves for good things. We have to do, worry about fruits and vegetables. We have to but spend time with fasting and prayer and, and, and spending time away from the world you don't have to watch all this political campaign garbage is on every day you don't have to read every single social media post that that pops as a reminder and a notification that so and so is live now you know what Christ is alive right now and living in the world as, as a Holy Spirit but are we paying attention to that he lives inside of each one of us but we live life like the walking dead it starts with us it begins at home I'm Craig Carlisle. This is the Raising Men Show. See you next week. WKBY 1080 AM. We keep blessing you.